What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to another edition of Generational Sports. It's nice to see everybody here. As usual, listen, we already had the comments roll in. Before we even went live, let's go. Best show of the week. Well, we greatly, greatly appreciate that. I am ready for the latest updates and reactions. That is what we're here for. Todd wants to know who's going to win the Super Bowl. 20 minutes. Korea Christian here, of course, one of our co-founders. We are here for the latest and greatest content. Excited to hear Connie and Josh's reaction. Well, we appreciate all of you being in the comments section. And uh, listen, we love interacting with everybody. That's the whole point of this show. It's not just for me and Josh to go back and forth, but it's to, you know, get to know the people out there and have some fun conversations with everybody about sports. Listen, a little bit about life, pop culture, you know, as me and Josh always say, it's our show. We can do what we want. But I can't even do a show. I can't even perform my duties as a host or talk about anything until I find out how Josh is doing on this Monday, January 23rd. I'm doing pretty good. Um, Thunder are playing great. And, you know, the the Vegas is still yet to really respect us on on spreads and money lines. So I've just been taking advantage of it. Okay. You know, eight and three since the new year, and I have bet on every game. So I'm eight and three betting on the Thunder. So it's it's doing pretty good. And we had a, a big win against Denver. They didn't have Jokic, but they're still a very good team without him. Uh, wins a win. Okay. Yeah, she had a nice game winner, Dort, Dorcher Chamber on Jamal Murray on the last possession, and yeah, it's, it's going really good. The Thunder are playing good. I'm happy. Exactly. Exactly. Listen, NFL for a lot of people's teams, it's over. Unless you're a team in the Final Four, your season has, is, is uh, long gone by now, at least two weeks. Wow, can't believe it's NFL season's already over. We It feels like we wait all year every year to get to the NFL season, and it's over before we can even think about it. Obviously, with the playoffs in full swing, we are going to get to that. But we had a nice UFC card this weekend, huh? I don't, what were we at, Josh? Two, 283. 283, that's what I thought it was. I certainly wasn't stalling, so you could say it. Um, UFC 283 had two title fights on it, some other fights on there that were pretty exciting. Uh, Josh, how much did you get to watch it? Because I listened. I, I sat down, you know. Lost a little bit of the prelims in between commercial breaks of the NFL games. And then, uh, you know, 10 o'clock, set the laptop up, got got a nice, beautiful, uh, you know, paid UFC $80 pay-per-view yeah. and and uh, and watched it in full. Yeah, I, uh, I only caught the main card because I was locked in on the NFL games. Had a couple uh, pick-ems on underdog. Now you can use code Gen Z over there and double. Yeah, listen, Josh, we're very excited. We're very excited over here at Generation Sports because Underdog Fantasy is back. They, oh, you yeah. know, you see it scrolling at the bottom of your screen right there. If you're watching us now on the YouTube, if you're hearing this later on on the podcast, maybe. But you go over to Underdog Fantasy. Just go on the App Store. It's a wonderful, easy thing. Underdog Fantasy, and then when you sign up, you use code Gen Z. That is G. As in Gavin, E, as in enough, N, as in Nicholas, and then Z, as in uh, zebra, Gen Z, no spaces, and you can double your first deposit up to $100. You can help us out, and uh, you can have some fun over there on Underdog Fantasy. You, can, you know, the higher or lowers is always fun. With the pickums, you can do rivals. I had a rival this weekend. I did uh, – I did the Robbie Gold versus Brett Maher, fewer extra points missed. So <laughs> I did not win the overall 
but uh, I did get that one right because Maher did miss one. But, uh, yeah, we're very excited. Underdog Fantasy is back as the official sponsor of Generational Sports. Use our code Gen Z, and like I said, you'll double your first deposit up $200. You can win some money out there, huh? Oh, yeah. They also have uh, way too early NFL drafts already, way too early MLB drafts, too. Ooh. I might have to do a nice little MLB best ball. I haven't done a best ball yet, Mm. but – Hey, or you can like, you know, you can do the drafts as well over there on Underdog. So make sure you check. Listen, just check everything out. All right. But, yeah, uh, but the, the UFC play? fights, I only caught the uh, main card because I was locked in on the NFL games. But uh, some very good, quick fights, kind of, in terms of who you knew was going to win before the title fights. I mean, Jessica Andrade just had a that heck of a fight. That fight should have been stopped seven times, ten times over. Yeah. Lord I Murphy cannot believe that that fight never got stopped. I mean, I guess she never got dropped, but Andrade was just putting it on her and putting it on her and just hammering away. I mean, listen, who was it? She fought Murphy, right? Yeah, Lauren Murphy. Lauren Murphy, tough as nails. But as the commentators were saying, you don't really want to be a fight in a fight. Everybody's talking about how tough you are because that usually means you're getting your ass beat. Yeah, unless they're talking about both fighters, like a Gaethje Chandler fight, where like, oh, they're both exactly. Just That's the only time it's warranted, and you you want that. But uh, the Gilbert Burns fight also very good win for him too. First round finish. That was nice little submission. Mm-hmm. First, First submission in a long time, right? Yeah, long time. I think I can't wait to see who he gets next. I hope it's Colby. I hope it's Colby. Well, everybody wants the the Colby Hamza, but I what, what's going on with Colby? I keep he, he's in a lawsuit. He's I don't know. I I didn't hear about that, but he's always got stuff going on. I heard there was something about a lawsuit that Colby Covington was was involved in. I don't know. Maybe I'll, I'll try and look it up real quick as you as you keep going on with everything. But yeah, Gilbert Burns, huge win for him. I mean. His last two fights, you look at him before this fight, obviously had the title fight against Usman. The way Kamaru Usman was fighting at the time, no one was beating him. So you can't really fault him for losing that. And some people kind of think he he might have won against Kamzat. That was a close fight. He held his own in there against Kamzat, who just has blown past everyone. So, I mean, Gilbert Burns, he, he was four ranked before this. Neil Magny, I think, was somewhere in the top 15. So it's not like this win is going to catapult him. Up there because I think the top right now, obviously Leon Champ, Usman won, and then it's I think it's Colby and uh, uh, Kamzat up there too. So that top four, I think they're all interchangeable. I think I, I just want to see Gilbert get another shot at it. I think he's he just keeps getting better and better every fight. Yeah, there was I don't know if, I don't listen I don't know if it's true. Everything on the internet you know is can either be a joke or can be true. Did you see the thing that? Uh, Burns' wife was like, I don't want this to be a dragged out fight. I want it to end early or something like that. <laughs> yeah, I like to believe that, though. I would <laughs> love to believe that. I really do hope that that's true. <laughs> That'd be great. But uh, then, yeah, we had the two title fights. Uh, with assassin obviously, Baby. Yeah, the Assassin Baby, Brandon Moreno, uh, defeated Davidson Figueroa. Uh, it was uh, – listen – it was the fourth fight in the installment. I'm still saying that Brandon won three of them. Yeah. That, yeah. that loss in the last fight, the third fight, I'm, I'm sorry. 
I still yeah. think that he won that one. Um, I didn't see the first fight, so I can't tell you. The second, third, and fourth I did see. Um, but one with an eye poke, Davison would say. Yeah, what that's not an eye poke. Listen, <laughs> th- th- does it suck that it, you know? Listen, you know, looping punch hit him right there with the the knuckle of the thumb right in the eye. And I mean, it closed up real fast. Oh, yeah. I mean, his eye was absolute. I mean, you couldn't see nothing out of it. Uh, You know, you you knew it was over too when the doctor went over to him and he put the hand up and he's trying, you (laughs) know, how many fingers am I holding up over here? And, you know, he's (laughs) kind of looking. I was like, oh, no. And you hate to see fights ended like that. But maybe you don't hate it as much because it's not illegal. You know what I mean? Like, if that was an illegal eye poke and a fight ended that way and it's a no contest or, you know, they give the win to whoever because because it's an eye, whatever, like, that would suck. That would really suck, especially because the fourth fight, which has never happened before in the history of the UFC, obviously. Um, But, what? listen, I think he was dominating that fight anyway. Yeah, I, I saw your deal. tweet that, that after the fight – the judges, you know, the judges had scored had scored it two one so far no throughout chance. the fight. I have no idea how it was a two to one. It should have been a two zero on its way to a three. Actually, no, it should have been a three zero. I should say because it was mm-hmm. in between the third and fourth round. Should have absolutely been a three zero fight. I don't know what round they gave Figgy, but uh, he did not deserve whatever round they, they gave him. And I think Moreno was going to win the fight anyway. Just uh, you know, you hate to see it stopped in between rounds. At least you know you like some the ground and pound or the clean knockout or uh, the finality of like a, of something happening, like a submission, but you know, in between rounds, doctor obviously has to stop it, but good for, good for him. And, you know, he's moving up to what, what is it? He's moving up to. I don't know. I have no clue about weight class. I can't. Yeah. I can never remember what weight classes is above or it's not, it can't be welter. Is it? Maybe. I feel like that sounds right. uh, I I think it's, you know, Volkanovski's weight class. I think that's the one he's moving up to, which, I mean, that one is the title's kind of the title, actually, the next pay per view. Uh, that title is up for grabs. So, what? That was the featherweight? I think. I think so. No, the, no, they were flyweight. flyweight. flyweight so, he's moving up to featherweight. Okay. So, he's yeah, I mean, like you said, at least it wasn't super illegal. It wasn't kind of, it wasn't like, you know, when Sean O'Malley. Finger poked uh, Pedro Munoz. Yeah, like oh, really? That's how it ends. This was a clean shot. It was just so clean that <laughs> Davis was like, he can't do that. Like that's gotta be illegal. It was just such a clean shot. But uh, yeah, he was getting dominated that fight. Did scare me a little bit when he took off the gloves during his interview. I was like, yeah, me too. me too. Me like, too. What? And then he's like, I'm moving up. I'm like, you can't take off the gloves and then announce that. It's kind of scary there, but uh, it's gonna be interesting to see who fights next. I mean, Kaikara France, the last time he fought was against Brandon Moreno, and he was winning the fight before that liver kick that just shut him down. So he might get another shot at it. Uh, But there are a couple guys in that division that will definitely keep rising. It's kind of sad to see the end of this, you know, four-fight thing. It was always – it was very fun watching him. I know you said you didn't see the first fight, but it was just kind of out of nowhere because Figgy was dominating everyone for like four straight title defenses, and no one in the division could really – go up against him and then Moreno comes in and almost wins it. It was a draw and then Moreno wins the title. And I do agree. I think Moreno won it the third fight too. So Moreno just got the best of them in the majority of these fights. So it'll be interesting to see what happens next in that division. Yeah. Sometimes people just have your number. I mean, we're going to get into it in the NFL version later with, you know, these championship games coming up, but 
sometimes people, you know, just have your number matchups. Or what is it? What do they always say? Styles make fights. And, well, it looks mm-hmm. like uh, Moreno's been doing pretty well in that department. Uh, we move over to the light heavyweight championship fight as well. This was another one. This was this was almost to the level of Andrade and, and Murphy. I mean, Jamal Hill came out there. Glover was trying to take him down. And, you know, even in the commentary, you thought like, okay, the first two rounds, this is kind of what we think. And then, you know, as as Jamal Hill wears down, Glover's going to be able to take him down and get it to the ground, whatever. That's the way he's going to try and win this fight. But he could just never get him to the ground. And when he did get him to the ground, it was, you know, beautiful wrestling by Jamal Hill. He could get back to his feet. There were even times where he got Glover's back. I mean, it was it was a very dominating fight. Obviously, the cut above the eye was just disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they, they, the commentary booth kept talking about how they were getting blood splatter all over their papers <laughs> and their suits. And, you know, you, you see the video clip of when Jamal gets the water poured on his head and all the blood drips down from his hair. It's just... I thought that was Gatorade at first. I had to rewatch it and see that what he was Bro, I still on. listen. I watch this stuff because I thoroughly enjoy it. I still just simply cannot believe anybody decides to wake up and and do this. <laughs> I, just, I it just boggles my mind every every time I see one of those big gashes or I see somebody get knocked out. I'm like, you, you people are just a different type of person. Yeah. Because obviously, it could never be me. Um, but anyway, listen. Back to the important thing. Jamal wins light heavyweight championship. Uh, Glover obviously retires a wonderful career. He's been around forever. Obviously got the elusive title before he did retire in that previous fight uh, where he tapped out. Who did he tap out? Uh, Jan Blachowicz. And then he, and then he you know, was doing good against Yuri before uh, Yuri got him. Obviously, they were supposed to rematch. Yuri gets hurt. Uh, Yuri posted a video, too, that you know he's, he's coming for <laughs> Jamal Hill, which I need to pause on. Uh, especially the way he said it, but yeah. <laughs> but yeah, a solid fight overall. Um, just just domination though out of Jamal Hill. Yeah, it was it was a great fight for him. Uh, I mean, just his last three fights too. Coming up to this, Johnny Walker, who was also on the main card of this one, who had a nice finish against Paul Craig. The way he knocked him out, just stiff as a board. You can tell he has that uh, elite power. And he showed it in this fight. He was very confident out there. I mean, he was even the shots that weren't landing like perfectly, they were hurting Glover. Like that's how powerful his his punches are. And now he's the champ and we'll have to see. I mean, Yuri obviously has a title shot next time he comes back. Johnny Walker, if he keeps winning, he might get another shot at Jamal Hill, which I would not mind seeing because Johnny Walker is a great fighter too. Uh but yeah. Props who to do Jamal you think, Hill. who do you think wins? You know, obviously we're probably a ways away. You know, somebody posted a video on Twitter, and you know, you can never go based on those things. And I've, to be honest, I've only seen Yuri fight the one time. It was against, and it was against uh, that that last fight with Glover. You know how he doesn't have great defense, and obviously Jamal Hill has some power in those hands. Early reaction, I mean, Jamal got to be the favorite. I think he's the champ. Yuri's coming off an injury. I think there's questions with that, too. So I think he'd have to be the favorite, you know, with just the path he's been on. I don't think he'd be a heavy favorite, you know, probably like a minus 172, something like that, where it's not huge or something crazy like that. Uh, but even if that fight, when it does happen, if Jamal's still the champ, I'd lean Yuri. Yuri's just – he doesn't he's have defense, fan. but, yeah, Yuri 
doesn't have great defense, but that's because he just, I mean, his striking is insane. He had, he has a spinning back fist knockout. That's just one of the nastiest things you'll ever see. I think it was the fight before his title fight. Uh, and then even hanging in there with Glover, who that was one of the best striking performances Glover has ever put on was against Yuri. And he was able to stay in there. Obviously Jamal, you know, younger and, and more powerful than, than Glover was, uh, but I think I'd have to lean Yuri if if the training camp goes well and he has no problems with that shoulder. I mean, I think it'll be a close fight, but I think it's going to be a one to two round to fight. I think they're both going to go in there and want to showcase the power they both have. Hey, I'm I'm looking forward to all these fights being made anyway. I mean, we, I didn't I I didn't even know that that Leon and and Usman too were, were it was next month. I thought it was March. Or no, March. In March, March, March. You're yeah, right. In March, right. we got two insane manies. Two yeah, insane cards. Yeah. I didn't even know yeah, that, that was close. Yeah, Usman was probably a blowing up data's felt like, hey, get me back in there. I'm not going out like that. Man, Usman really had that fight won, too. I mean, that's two champ two champs we've had lately. Izzy also had the fight won against Ferreira. And yeah. Got got TKO'd. Man, UFC is a dangerous sport. Yeah. Talk yeah. about fight until the bell rings. Certainly <laughs> doing that. Um, but all right, let's move on and we'll go over to the NFL side of things, which is, you know, the big story these days, obviously, with the playoffs in full effect. And I guess we'll just kind of go in chronological order here and we'll start it off with the Chiefs and the Jaguars. Uh, Chiefs pull out a victory here. A uh, little backdoor cover for the Jags, and I'm sure probably upset many, many people in the betting world. Uh, but the big thing out of this game, obviously, is how Patrick Mahomes is going to respond uh, to that ankle injury. They got the 27-20 win, but obviously the bigger story, like I said, is Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, he got rolled up on, confirmed today by Andy Reid. That is a high ankle sprain to his right ankle, it looks like. Uh, there was a moment where it looked like, you know, he wasn't going to come back in. You know, he throws the coat down. Uh, when he's going into the uh, to the locker room before halftime to get the ankle looked at. But, you know, he gets it looked at. He comes back out. He's on the sideline, still in the full pads and has his helmet. So you knew he was going to come back and play eventually. Uh, but they stuck. They stuck with Chad Henney. And, you know, he, he had a wonderful drive. Uh, 98 yards. They end up scoring a touchdown. Travis Kelsey was absolutely uncoverable. And, Josh, I say this as somebody who – Listen, I didn't even play high school football, but I watch a lot of football. I think I know what I'm talking about, and it's something that I just never understand. And maybe because I'm a Patriot fan too, that Bill always likes to take away, you know, your best weapon and make you, you know, play left-handed or whatever the word, you know, whatever the wording is. How do you let Travis Kelsey of all people be? <laughs> I can, as a defensive coordinator, I'm telling you, I can lay my head down at night peacefully you know, snoring and drooling away if McCole Hardman or Juju or, you know, Isaiah Pacheco or Jarek McKinnon just have a crazy game. If Juju had 27 catches for 420 yards and a touchdown, I'd still sleep peacefully at night because yeah. I made somebody else beat me. But Travis Kelsey is by far not even close the best player on that team, obviously, besides Patrick Mahomes, that I'm not. I got to state the obvious here, but 14 catches, 98 yards, two touchdowns. I mean, 
I think that's the third most catches in an NFL in a in an NFL playoff game of all time. It's the most for a tight end. Um, listen, the yardage obviously isn't anything crazy. I mean, you think 14 catches, you probably think he has over, you know, well over 100 yards or something like that. So only 98. But like I said, also two touchdowns. I, I just don't understand how he's not doubled on every single play. And then you know, even when Mahomes got hurt, I thought that they would bring a lot more pressure. Uh, they did end up getting the ball out pretty quick, but it just it just wasn't enough for the Jags. Uh, there's going to be a big improvement with them, obviously. Uh, you already saw it this year. They ended up winning the division, although the Titans, you know, were obviously a lot worse than we thought that they were going to be. But listen, the Jag had to take advantage of that. And in years past, you obviously know that they wouldn't have, especially, you know, with the way they've played recently. And, you know, you can even just look back last year. They obviously wouldn't have taken advantage of this. They had a number one pick for a reason. But you saw Trevor Lawrence take a big step forward. This team is going to get Calvin Ridley on the offensive side next year to pair with uh, Christian Kirk and to pair with Zay Jones. And, and ETN looks good. And you're going to have another year of development for Walker and, you know, some of these other guys, uh, Josh Allen. So, and then, of course, they'll add in the draft and, you know, maybe make some free agent moves. But they they had a chance in this game, especially after Mahomes got hurt. You could tell that he wasn't the same quarterback. Um you know, he's he's limping to, to even hand the ball off when he came back out, um, especially the plays immediately after he got hurt. But a good game overall. But I think if you're a Jags fan, you're happy with your season in the long run. You know, right now it probably still hurts. But you're probably going to look at this game in a couple months and be like, damn, I can't believe we didn't take advantage of that. But in the same breath, be like, I can't believe we were even, we were even there playing. Yeah, I mean, after going back-to-back years with the number one overall pick, worst record in the league, to only lose by seven in the divisional round to the Chiefs, I think I in the offseason, yeah, I think in the offseason they're going to be pretty happy with uh, how the season went. And I do think they're going to have a good offseason too. I mean, not only do players like to go and play for teams in Florida because they like the sunshine and all that, but Doug Peterson's a good coach, and the culture they've built there too is – is something I think players are going to want to play for. And, you know, Khan has been known to give out the bag to players who <laughs> may or may not have earned it yet. Uh, so it makes a lot of players want to go there. So they got a bright future. Uh, to your point on Kelsey, he was actually on Pat's show today. Oh, I saw he, it. Yeah, he was talking about it. And, I mean, he kind of put it the simplest way possible. He's like, we when you have a coach like Andy Reid and the schemes they have and all the dangerous guys they have, I mean, they just draw it up perfectly. He finds the windows. When you've been together as long as him and, and Mahomes have, it's it's even like, okay, we're gonna shadow him with a with a safety right here and he's gonna be matched up against whoever he's matched up against. And then Mahomes breaks the pocket for half a second, Kelsey moves two feet or just stays where he's at and other players move. They just have that connection where they find each other in the smallest windows too. Uh, so it's I don't know. I, I agree though, it's insane that you're not just putting all your focus on stopping him like hey force them to do stuff they're not normally doing, which is throw it to everyone else but Kelsey. Uh, but, you know, teams still have yet to figure it out. And with Mahomes, I was very shocked that they let him back in after seeing how well Henny was doing. Like, okay, we're, we can probably still win this game with Chad Henny. He had a really nice drive. Our defense is playing really solid against Jacksonville. And we don't want you to not be able to play in the AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl. Like, it was a pretty bad injury. You can't even reach back to do stretch plays because your ankle is that messed up. Yeah. Like, obviously, he wants to play. He's a gamer. But, you know, 
you need him for the rest of the the playoffs. And, you know, even though it didn't look like he, you know, hurt it too much more by playing, still being on it and running on it. Oh, yeah. Make it worse. Uh, so I was kind of shocked that obviously he was telling the coaches, like, no, I'm good. Put me in. But if I'm Andy Reid, I'm kind of like, hey, I don't care. Like, we need you next week. Like, You know, it's funny you say that because watching the game, my dad has kind of said the same thing with – you almost wonder if you let Henny play and then if you got in trouble, you're like, okay, listen, Pat. Yeah. Kind of need you back in the game. I wanted to let you sit the full thing, you know, recover and we'll do whatever, whatever. But, you know, we're down three here. There's, you know, five minutes left in the fourth quarter. I'd much rather have half of you than Chad Henning. Yeah. Yeah. But to start him straight out the second half after how well the Chiefs did on that drive was I was shocked to see him right out of the half. But, I mean, they're saying it's just a high ankle sprain, which, I mean, just a high ankle sprain is still a problem when when you have Trey Hendrickson running around at you in an AFC championship game. And he's not going to be able to do the Mahomes magic if it's – it's not going to be as bad, but he's still not going to be able to move as much as he normally does, uh, which, which is going to be yeah. a big problem. You know, you mentioned Mahomes magic. Can I put the hater pants on for one second? <laughs> is it possible for Chris Collinsworth to want to get <laughs> to want to get in Mahomes pants more than he already tried to? <laughs> The greatest incompletion of all. I, I he literally threw an incomplete. What a throw by him. He knew that was gonna happen if he let what that play. ball go. What and a, even and listen, even the and I don't even think I'm really hating though, because like no. even the little the, the 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 jump pass for the touchdown. He was this far off the ground, <laughs> maybe maybe a centimeter off the ground. And oh, what a jump pass from Patrick Mahomes! I'm like, oh my god! Or when he just barely ran past the line of scrimmage and just fell forward, he's like, "What a play for this guy to get the first doubt!" Like they weren't it's, gonna hit him. It's, I mean, <laughs> it was just. I'm watching the game and I'm like, "This is just unbelievable." <laughs> it was so. It's it's so funny watching Chris Collinsworth call games. And, and not even that. It, it, don't get me wrong. It's Collinsworth, but it, it is everybody, too. I'm watching the game last week when Brady moved out of the pocket and, and flipped it. I immediately turned. I was watching my dad again. I immediately turned. I said, I guarantee they say something about Mahomes. Next thing that I said, <laughs> a very Mahomes-esque play there by Brady. And I was like, oh, my. I'm like, people can't do anything. No. I mean, he's. it's definitely getting to a point where you don't appreciate the plays as much anymore because – Every play that's impressive, they're like, you only see Patrick Mahomes do that. Like it's, oh it's just getting to a point where it's like, all right, we know. Like that, and then the the overthrow to Tre- from Trevor Lawrence, where he, <laughs> where he hits Marvin's, where where he hits, yeah, where he hits. I keep wanting to call him Marvin Jones. I don't know why. Where he <laughs> where he hits Christian Kirk right in the hands, which would have been a beautiful pass. Probably could have been a touchdown. He keeps sixty yards on a rope like that. He didn't overthrow. Hit him right in the hand. <laughs> And he goes, you know, you just don't expect to overthrow a guy 60 yards away. Well, it's because he didn't, Chris. <laughs> I mean, but it hits your hands. It's not exactly that's the thing, too. Like, I like Chris Collinsworth normally. Like, yeah. I'm not one of – like, normally I'm not one of the people that's like, oh, like, you know, there's a lot of, you know, announcer hate out there. You know, Joe Buck, nobody likes him. Everybody I, I loves Greg Olson. Love that. Everybody love that. loves Greg Olson. Love that. Everybody does love Greg. My, that's my dad's favorite commentator. He's he's nice in the booth. No, he he has been very good, and it really does suck that Brady's going to take it away. I hate Tom Brady, dude. That's so stupid. 
I, listen, get him on a different. I'm the biggest Brady guy there is, but how do I you even do know? You, you don't you even know if Brady's gonna be good commentating. He's gonna be so nonchalant and just say nothing. And you know, you know the guy doing it with him. It's just gonna be drooling over the fact that Tom Brady's with them, and it's just gonna be kissing his butt. Oh the whole yeah, time. you no, you can already tell it's gonna be. You know, Tom, you've seen everything. So what do you think yeah. the quarterback is yeah. looking at right now with this coverage? And Tom, well, you know, he's gonna take. They're gonna try to make him do what Romo does. Like they, they're gonna uh, like have the talk. Like Romo's that. An, uh, the t- the t- the tables have turned on Romo. Exactly. Very quickly too. Very quickly. Well, uh, because you know, listen. At first, it was nice. People like, love the cool. predictions. They loved it. But now, well, first of all, it was just stupid. Oh, I, I don't know. Even know if Mahomes is gonna play next week. Really? <laughs> really? You don't think Mahomes is going to play next week? <laughs> like, like, let's be real here, brother. Yeah. But, hey, listen. He said, hey, offensive linemen, backup offensive linemen are still offensive linemen. That's what, that's what he said. Like, Brilliant. Thank you, Tony. I was wondering who these guys were. I just didn't I thought, know. I thought they were tight ends. Just playing yeah, offensive line. The lines jersey numbers threw me off. Well, thought they, thought they uh, you know, switched, switched jerseys with a couple D linemen and just said, hey, go out there. <laughs> yeah, listen. It's, uh, you know what? I, I think that um, not, not Moose John, like Moose, not like the other one that like Gus Johnson, the one that gets all excited all Gus the time. Johnson. Gus Everybody Johnson knows Gus Johnson. But Moose Johnson, you know the other guy that did the with the, him. With him, he did the uh, he did the Eagle game. Okay, yeah, I know you're talking. Those those two guys are good too. I think yeah, that they're pretty good. Burkhart and and Olsen are good. I, I like I and Eagle over there on CBS. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's there's some people out there that gotta even yeah. Mark Schlereth is pretty good. He transitioned. Let Brady take Romo's spot. Let him do that. He signed to Fox. Can't do that. I don't care about the networks. They all do games. Who cares? Hey, just in a a few, just think in a couple of years too, because, you know, obviously Fox has a Super Bowl this year, but in a few years, can you imagine the love fest it's going to be when Fox gets the Super Bowl again and Brady's doing the Super Bowl coverage? You've been here 10 times. (laughs) Oh my God. Seven wins in the Super Bowl. What happened? They're going to do so many promos with him. Oh. When that happens, like, don't get me wrong, Brady's my guy, so I'll eat up every minute of it. The fact that I'm going to get to hear him broadcast, and you know, they'll try and pick his brain for the next hopeful at least, well, then again, at least ten years because that's how long the contract is. He's yeah. making, he's going to make like thirty-one million a season broadcasting. Yeah, that's crazy. Crazy. For somebody who's never done it. Listen, I've never done it either. Fox, CBS, <laughs> ESPN. Listen, I think Apple's gonna try and buy some things. Hey, I'm available. I you think he, what if he's Jason Witten? Like, like oh, what if no. what if that happened? What if Tom is just terrible in the booth? What's the I'll move? be terribly disappointed because that's my guy. See, you know what I would kind of want to know though? And I don't want him to be terrible because like I said, that's my guy. You signed him for 10 years. <laughs> yeah. 10 a- years. It's not like like like, even with Drew Brees, they gave him, like, a one-year contract. They put him in the booth a couple times. They were like, God, you are terrible. We're never bringing you back, and Drew Brees isn't back anymore. You know, Tony or Jason Witten, awful. Booger was terrible in the booth. He's not bad at the pre-show. But, like, I really do wonder what Brady's just up there. He's like, yeah, like, uh, it was a nice route by the receiver, Kevin. 
I think people, though, <laughs> even if he's just the worst and barely talks, every time he says something, they're like, God, Tom is just the best, isn't he? Like, See, you're going to have two sides stuff. of the coin, though. You're going to have that, which might be me, because my guy. And then you're going to have other people who just hate Brady, where he could be like, breaking things down like John Madden. They'd be like, well, Tom Brady, you know, he's just terrible at this. I can't even, I, I watch the games on mute now. <laughs> so you're never going to make everybody happy, but hey, you know what? That's not our problem to deal with, Fox. If you need everybody, though, I'm graduated. I can send in an application. You know, I, I'll do, I'll listen. I'll do a test. You know, I have several podcasts to pick from that you can listen to me on. I'm available. I can give you the number. I'll give you my number whenever you, you want. You get the job. You got. Let me get on the sidelines. That's what I'll. I'll, I'll see what I can do. You know, after Maybe a couple we'll... years, obviously, foot in the door. Yeah, you know, I gotta get. I gotta at least get the pinky toe in. Yeah, yeah. So I'll see what I can do. But yeah, Chiefs are moving on home. Home AFC Championship game. Obviously, it was going to be neutral site if the Bills won, but they didn't. We'll get to that game. Don't worry, because next we're going to go to the Eagles and the Giants. Like I said, we're going to go in a little chronological order here. And honestly, I don't even think there's too much to this game. Jalen Hurts just makes – listen, Nick Sirianni after the game kind of said, I don't want to compare him, but I'm going to compare him. It's kind of like having Michael Jordan in the locker room. And I get where he's coming from. He's obviously not saying he's Michael Jordan, but it's that calming force. It's that, you know, this is our leader. We can follow this guy. It's that hoorah BS of, I'll, you know, I'll have that guy's back anywhere. But listen, you can tell that the team is different with Jalen Hurts out there and when he's healthy. Obviously, that week 18 game against the Giants, the whole team was kind of off. Hurts didn't play his best. Um, you know, the defense was was solid, but you know, the whole offense just kind of seemed off. Um, but they obviously bounced back big in this game. I think that week off to you know probably review tape and get Hurts even healthier than he was in that week 18 game was obviously very, very big. And, you know, they showed the stats, too. I think they averaged something like 60, 60 more rushing yards with Hurts on the field, and that's obviously going to be true when he is a weapon out of the backfield. He didn't even really have to throw the ball much in this game. I mean, just looking at his numbers here, uh, he was 16-24, to 24, 154 yards, two touchdowns. So, obviously, the two touchdowns is nice, but 154 yards only threw the ball 24 times. That's nothing, you know, crazy, especially in this day and age uh, where everybody's passing all the time. But they ran the ball all over the Giants. <laughs> the Giants just had absolutely no answer. I mean, Kenneth Gainwell, 12 carries, 112 yards, a touchdown. Miles Sanders, 17 carries, 90 yards. Hertz carried the ball 34 yards or nine times for 34 yards. And I think that is the big part because it was his non-throwing shoulder. So you knew that he was still going to be able to pass pretty well. And like I said, they didn't pass the ball much because they were running it well. But it, I think it was the first time that Giant fans were probably very worried and Eagles fans were very happy is when Hertz took off and he took the hit from the Giant defender. I don't remember who it was, but he kind of even lowered his shoulder, said, I'm going to take the contact, I don't really care. And that's probably the moment where it was like a very deep exhale for Eagles fans because it was like, okay, our guy is good. Because obviously if Hertz isn't at 100%, your offense isn't going to be at 100%, you can't do everything that you normally want to do in a game. But he takes the contact. He bounces back up. They call design runs for him. You know that even the end, the the QB power that he scored for that touchdown, it was it was just a nice thing to see because now going into the championship game, you obviously know that he's going to be a hundred percent. So 
uh, that was obviously good to see. Lane Johnson being there was good. And I mean, he's playing with, I think, something like a torn groin or, or, or something of that nature, which is just unbelievable. Offensive linemen are insane people. They're almost like hockey players, honestly, where, mm-hmm. you know, they get hurt and they'll end up coming back in, even though they're, they're missing this piece of their body. Um, but he hasn't given up a sack in, I believe, two years. He He's really a big anchor in that line. Obviously, you know about Mylotta. Jason Kelsey is a future first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, and then when you can run the ball that well, like I said, you got 112 yards from Gainwell, 90 from, from Sanders. Hurst gives you 34. Boston Scott gives you 32 and a touchdown as well. So it was just a very easy, easy 38-7 to win for them. Uh, it was already 28 nothing going into halftime. Giants score in the third quarter, but it obviously doesn't mean anything. And I honestly, Josh, too, and I, uh, obviously I want to get your point on this too, and I'll finally shut up. Uh, the Giants' first possession, when they go for it on the fourth and eight from about, I think it was maybe the Eagle 45 or even their own 45, something of that nature, close to the half uh, to the 50-yard line. I didn't understand it, and I really think that was an early, early turning point. Like it's, it's hard to say that they lost the game because of that, but you're giving a team that marched down the field, scored the ball right back with a short field. They score again, make it fourteen nothing, and from there, it just kind of felt like all the energy was gone from the Giants. It didn't feel like they ever had a chance to get back into it, and obviously they didn't. So, you know, I, I was very, very confused about that, and then the fact late in the game. When they're down, they didn't go for it. They, they ended up punting. I There were some questionable decisions. This might have been the first game I looked at Brian Dable as like a rookie head coach. Like that was those were some rookie and weird moves. And, you know, maybe the nerd with the iPad was sitting there talking about, oh, you got to do this because the analytics say it. I don't know the full story, obviously, but I thought that those decisions were kind of weird. But overall, just pure domination. And uh, Jalen Hurts looks to be very, very much back and. Those uh, Daniel Jones forty million dollars a season conversations, thirty five million dollars a season, they died real quickly. Yeah, I mean, uh, on that fourth down, I do believe they crossed midfield, but barely. I think they were on like the forty six, uh, and I think that was Dable. I don't think I think he just knew like when they get across half field against that defense, they have to empty the tank there. Like you can't, even though the Eagles did march down very easily. Nice one handed catch by Goddard. For the touchdown, even though they drove real easily, getting across midfield, you know, you just got to – I think he was like, we have to not waste this opportunity. We can't just punt it back to them because how many times are you going to get across mis- midfield? And we saw not too many times for the Giants where they marching down the field. No. Uh, so I think that's probably why he went for it. You know, I think Daniel Jones might have had a chance to get it had he not tripped over. I think it was Andrew Thomas's foot was getting pushed back into him and he tripped over it and – and wound up taking a sack. But, yeah, it was just a beatdown by the Eagles. I mean, you've said it for a while now that the only way the Eagles are going to lose is by beating themselves. And, I mean, they just – they were firing on all cylinders. Like you said, the numbers don't jump off at you passing-wise, but when they do throw the ball, I mean, how do you go – you talk about guarding Travis Kelsey. How do you guard Devontae Smith, A.J. Brown, and Dallas Goddard all at once? Like, what's – like, what is the game plan there? It's <laughs> – it's going to be very interesting to see because San Francisco, I think, is a team that matches up really well with their size, too, uh, with how mobile Fred Warner is. But it's going to be very interesting to see how they how they do that. But this game was – I turned it off after it was 21 nothing and started watching <laughs> UFC because I was like, yeah, the Giants are dead. So I didn't watch too much more after that. But 
on the contract situation, Saquon says he's not looking to reset the market, so that's a good sign that he's not going to be out here like, hey, well, not looking to reset the market, but he still wants McCaffrey. Right, but he's not going to be the like, one that reset the market. But it's there's going to be some leeway for the Giants there. I think is the good thing there. Like you don't have to give him a Zeke bag, and and just live with that. So I think that's a good sign for them. We'll see what happens with Daniel Jones. I mean, we talked about it a lot last week. We'll see what he gets and see if he wants to go somewhere else for more. I think he's going to stay there. Um, they're going to continue building what they have. But that game does not help him in contract negotiations. I mean, I guess I guess it doesn't help him because they lost. But, I, I mean, to be fair, he's obviously not the reason they lost that game no. either. Um, you can look at other quarterbacks, <laughs> Dak Prescott, uh, as the reason that they lost their, as they as they lost their games. But, I mean – I, I think they're going to end up franchise tagging him and trying to work out a contract with Saquon. I don't think that there's a way that they franchise Saquon. It's much easier to find running backs than it is to find quarterbacks. And listen, do I think Daniel Jones is all world? Absolutely, unequivocally, no. I mean, he had 15 touchdowns. I think he had, you know, eight on the ground as well, which is a solid number, but didn't even pass for 4,000 yards, doesn't even have 20 touchdowns through the air. And listen, do they have weapons? Obviously not. Like their number one wide receiver in that game, I think, was Isaiah Hodgins, who nobody even knew, you know, at the beginning of the season. And Giants fans didn't know until they signed him, I think, which was, you know, late in the year, maybe like week eight or 11, something something of that nature. So, I mean, half of these, you know, people on the team weren't supposed to be there. You know, you're obviously supposed to have – you know, Sterling Shepard there, and people thought Tony was going to have a big year who obviously got traded away to the to the Chiefs and, you know, some other people they thought were going to contribute. There was the, the smoke that Odell might go there. But it was just – they don't have enough to compete right now. Obviously, they make the playoffs. They, they beat the Vikings, who I said were a fraud the entire year. As much as I've been pounding the table about the Eagles, I've been pounding the table that the Vikings were a fraud the entire season. So I wasn't surprised by that. Uh, so it's not Daniel Jones' fault, obviously, but like you said, it obviously it's not going to help him in contract negotiations. You know, obviously, if they win that game, you can say, "Hey, listen, can you believe that I just beat the Eagles' number one seed with this ragtag of Kmart employees that you gave me at wide receiver?" But you know, now they're probably going to look, "Oh, you know, you you didn't get us over the hump. You know, maybe instead of forty, you know, thirty-two. So. I wonder – I do wonder what he's going to get because if, I think they'll try and franchise him. But if they don't and somebody offers him 40, I'd let him right out of the door. There's I can't, I can't, I can't pay Daniel Jones $40 million. What do you do at quarterback then? Jimmy G? Yeah, I guess. I, I guess. would take Jimmy. I would take Derek Carr. I would – I mean, anybody else? I really. Teddy will probably be out there. Teddy will be. I mean, you love Zach Wilson so much. You could try and. He doesn't belong in New York. Get him out. Get him out of there. Yeah, he doesn't. You're right. He's terrible. Hey, maybe it's just a. Hey, maybe with Ryan Dayball, though. Ryan Dayball got the best year of Daniel Jones' career. I mean. No, Zach Wilson belongs in greener pastures. What would those pastures be? I'll get back to you on that. I don't know. I, have to, I, have I, you know, I just didn't know you had anything, uh, you know, that you wanted to throw out there. I, I, I didn't know. Um, All right. But we'll go on once again. Now we'll jump into the 49ers. But, you know, before we jump into the 49ers, I guess 
let's take a little rewind just for obviously, you know, I would assume sports fans are watching this show, but maybe not everybody knows all about Brock Purdy. So let's get a little bit into Brock Purdy before we get into the game itself. But this is an interesting story. He is obviously a very, very interesting story. Kind of came out of nowhere. Um, Mr. Irrelevant in the draft, for the people that don't know, that means he was the literal last pick in the NFL draft. Uh, actually, this previous in this previous draft, uh, I believe he went, to, well, he went to Iowa State. Iowa State, yeah. Yeah, he went to Iowa State. Uh, I, you know, there was even talks that he had a, he had a visit with, with Nick Saban where Saban was like, you know, your arm strength isn't impressive. Your accuracy isn't that good. So kind of shot down, you know, too good or not good enough for Alabama. Um, obviously uses that as motivation, goes to Iowa State. You know, funny, the uh, NFC Championship game is going to be a rematch of a game that Hurts and him had in college. But goes to Iowa State, puts together, you know, a solid career there. And ends up getting picked with the last pick in the draft. And, you know, I think the best Mr. Irrelevant to date might have been some – I can't – I think it was a kicker. Some kicker got drafted as the last pick in the draft, and he had, you know, a solid career. I can't remember exactly who it was. Um, but he comes in to the 49ers as a third-string quarterback. He's running the scout team the entire year, so that means he's facing technically the number one defense in the NFL – um, with, with, you know, going up against the 49ers, you know, in practices. Um, then the, the domino effect kind of starts happening, right? Trey Lance gets hurt. So that means Jimmy, you know, Trey Lance gets hurt in week two. So Jimmy G comes in. Then I believe it was week eight, I want to say. Maybe. Eight or nine. Eight or nine. Eight, nine, somewhere around there. Jimmy Garoppolo gets hurt. And that's kind of when the season was supposed to be over, right? Like, oh, man, the 49ers can just never catch a break. You know, they were looking good this year. And then, and then you know, Jimmy G is going to go down. Now they have no chance. And out trots Brock Purdy. And all Brock Purdy has done since he's become the starter is win. Uh, he has a quarterback rating of 107.3, 67% completion percentage, threw for 1,374 yards, 13 touchdowns, only four interceptions in the regular season. So he does not turn the ball over. You know, first playoff game, you're like, okay, you know, eventually, eventually this is going to run out, right? Like that that rookie luck is going to run out, or, you know, the, the fairy tale ending of Mr. Irrelevant actually being something is going to run out. Maybe in that first playoff game against the Seahawks. Well, it didn't because he threw for 332 yards, three touchdowns, no picks, and had a 131 and a half or, you know, quarterback rating. And then in this game, obviously, it was a little bit more of a struggle because, hey, both defenses are obviously very, very good. So, you know, through for 214, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but he did everything that he was supposed to do. That is the thing with Brock Purdy. He does what he's supposed to do, and but he can still make the plays. I feel like he's still – obviously, he's still growing, but I also think it's different from a game manager, and we always kind of make that a dirty term when it comes to quarterbacks, like, oh, he's just a game manager – that's all he has to be, and he's done a very good job doing it, but also makes the plays when he's supposed to. Like I said, I think the first time it ever stuck out to me was when they played the Bucks, and he had a defender bearing down on him. He did a little swim move around him and then threw a strike down the sideline. So he can make plays like that, but he can also you know, methodically get you down the field and get you into the right play and everything like that. And I think that's just you know the big overall 
Brock Purdy story that he's just, you know, doing the things that he's supposed to do. Um, and you saw it in this game, you know, obviously I'll get into the game a little bit now. Uh, it, it was it was that classic defensive struggle, especially in the beginning. You know, nobody can really do anything. Uh, you know, even after, I think after the first quarter, it was only, yeah, it was only three nothing. Uh, going into halftime, I believe it was it was nine to six. Cowboys actually did score a touchdown, but Brett Maher blocked extra point, so he's still on the struggle bus. Did come back and make a field goal though, so you know you, you can't feel too bad for him, I guess, or made a couple field goals, I should say, so you can't feel too bad. Uh, but nine six at halftime, nothing had been really happening. But the problem with the Cowboys is Dak. Do I want to put it all on Dak? Obviously not. But when you throw two interceptions, you know, one of them, I think that he thought um, – why can't I think of his name now? The wide Gallup. Gallup, yes. He probably thought Gallup was going was gonna to come back on the ball much you know, faster and he thought it was going to be a different route. But it gets intercepted. He threw. I mean, the the DB ran the route for Gallup, at, literally ran the route for him. And then the second interception. I mean, you're down in the red zone. You're probably you're at least going to get three points. You're obviously going for the touchdown. You know, not the greatest throw. It gets it gets defended. It bounces up into the air. Fred Warner picks it off. You get no points out of that one. And I mean, all game Dak just looked very uncomfortable. And I I don't even think he was sacked that much. Uh, yeah, I no, mean, he wasn't. He wasn't getting too much pressure on him. Well, no, it wasn't the you know obviously not, not too much pressure on him, but the throws just continued to seem very off. You know they were you know low or high or, or behind. It seemed a lot, and he just did not have a very good game. I think all the momentum was just gone with them once Tony Pollard got hurt, though. Once Tony Pollard got hurt, which I, it, I mean, it just kills him. It absolutely killed him. Zeke is obviously not the same running back that he was when they gave him that contract. I'm sure if they could go back in time, they would obviously not do it. And, you know, that's also <laughs> a very big cautionary tale of giving second uh, contracts to running backs. So I'm sure the Giants are going to look at Saquon and say, you see what the Cowboys did? We're not trying to do that. But anyway, it the, the Cowboys just didn't really have a chance after that. Uh, and then even <laughs> – the play at the end of the game, it it was Indianapolis Colts esque. All those worse. years, much worse, much worse, much worse than the Patriot play. What Patriot? Oh, you're talking the lateral? Oh yeah. Not. I mean, that's devastating. Just by design and execution, I think this is worse than the Colts because the Colts wasn't supposed to happen. Like it, they, they weren't supposed, supposed to snap it. We were never supposed to snap it. This play, they purposely put Zeke at center and shotgun. And then I, I get what I think I kind of get what they were trying to do. I think it was supposed to be like I think he was supposed to hit Turpin. I don't think he was supposed to hit him that late. No. It was supposed to be you. a shorter route. Yeah. I think it then goes back to Dak. And then I think TY comes around on a sweep. And then you have three offensive linemen and a couple skill guys on the right side, and you're hoping the defenders have been chasing during all of that. That's what I. That's the closest thing I could think the, of. The thing that I think it was, I think it was supposed to be a turban, but like you said, much sooner. I think he was supposed to immediately pitch it back to who was ever behind the offensive lineman. That was Ty on the left side. All right, then I think he was supposed to immediately pitch it back to Ty, and then from there it was just hot potato. 
I think, you know, T.Y. gets as far down as – because I think the whole main thing was they wanted as many skill position players on the field as possible, right, which is why right. you have Zeke at center, which, by the way, is so funny that he just got <laughs> absolutely pancaked the minute he snaps the ball. That's a holding call, too. If they would have scored there, there should have been a flag on that. Zeke pulled him down he with him. pull him down. should have been a hole. But, yeah, I think I think the whole point was like, okay, immediately get to him, pitch it back, and then everybody just start running around and, and hope that, that we can pull off a Miami miracle type of situation. I think uh, my thoughts kind of on the game, Dak, I know that Gallup interception people are trying to say was miscommunication. I think it was just a terrible read. I think it was a terrible decision. You can even see Gallup's hand kind of go up like, what the crap, like when the pick is happening. It was just a terrible throw. The other pick, I mean, Fred Warner is just a dog sometimes. Like you can, Sometimes you can't escape that, man. Uh, but, I mean, Trent Williams did his job against Micah Parsons, too. I said last week, like, you don't often watch a pass rusher versus a tackle, like, keep an eye on it. But this game was won, and Trent Williams won almost every time oh, they were yeah. matched up. I don't even think Par- Parsons didn't have a sack. I think he had four tackles in the game. It was even so so bad that they were lining him up at, at middle linebacker a couple times to try to get him different angles and get away from Trent Williams. But uh, he definitely won that battle. Uh, with Purdy, I like how you said, like, there's game managers, and then there's game managers who can also make a play when they need to. Like Jimmy Garoppolo is a good game manager, but he yeah. doesn't make the plays when he needs to. At He's not making an off schedule, yeah. out of the pocket. You know, we saw it in the Super Bowl. He can't do those game saving type type of plays. Brock Purdy has done that a little bit throughout his. his uh, stint he's had here. He's been hey, Brock able to has some that. gunslinger in him. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely. Like, there's throws that I see him make that I'm like, that like scare me. I'm like, like that. What was it? Like third and it was like third and twelve when they were in field goal range, and Kyle Shanahan let him rip it to Brandon Ayuk on like a curl route at the sticks. Like you got to trust your guy to not to say like, hey, we know you might not make this play. Let's just run it, get a better field goal range. Instead, he's like, no, you, we can get this first down. At I mean, don't get me wrong, too. Brock did get lucky. I mean, Trayvon Diggs li- literally yeah, right dropped in the interception. But that right was tipped, too. That was tipped, too, at the, True, at the But, I mean, here. still, dropping the interception. Yeah, he definitely got lucky there. Um, but it was just a, a, a back, like you said, defensive battle game. You know, Brett Maher kind of kept them in it, actually, because it was, what, 9 to – it was nine, nine to six seven. at halftime. Nine to fifth, nine to fourteen, I believe. And then they, no, it's something made it 12 14 or something like that. Well, I'll tell you the scoring. So three in the first quarter for San Francisco. Then it was six six. So that was nine six at half. E- uh, Eagles. The Cowboys came back, kicked another, kicked a field goal. So that made it nine nine. Then I think. They scored a the San Francisco kicked a field goal. 12-9. And then because there was there was a situation where No, no, and then and then they scored the touchdown. Yeah, the McCaffrey run. And so then 19-12 or something. Nine, like. And then and then yeah, and then the Cowboys got the field goal made a 9-12. Or 19 yeah, so I mean and I mean Dalton Schultz is a lot to blame here too. Oh my a god. A lot to blame here. To first of all, to not make sure your momentum's going forward so the clock stops on the first one. Like and then to just be so worried about getting out of bounds you don't get your feet down. Like that's why we saw one of the worst plays of all oh, time yeah. is Dalton Schultz screwed him over a couple times. It was it was tough to see there. They were they were doing the right things. I mean, that out of bounds to Schultz when he didn't stop the clock, if he does get out of bounds with forward motion there, there's still like I think like 20, 21 seconds left on the clock. And instead they have to spike it with like 13. 
and then he doesn't go. He doesn't get his feet down, and it's five seconds left on an incompletion. And then and he they plays, could he have at least tried a hail mary instead of you know hot potato. Yeah, yeah, you could have had a shot at at least a hail mary or something like that. But yeah, just kind of all messed up there. I agree to that Tony Pollard injury. You can tell they don't trust Zeke in a lot of situations anymore. Uh, Tony Pollard going down kind of screwed them over big time. But and that it was a bad showing by Dak too, though he just did not make make the plays that they they trust him to make and pay him to make. He, he made some bad, bad decisions there in this game. Let me ask you the all-important question that I think every single Cowboy fan wants to know. You think that they win a Super Bowl? With Dak? How about I'll give you the next – how about I give you the next five years? With the – like, okay. And this is assuming Dak is still – yeah, how about all right? Fine. Let's let's just say with Dak. No shot with Dak. I don't think. I don't think no shot. I mean, you could. He's got. I mean, I don't know. It's I, tough to say because I mean we'll have to see if they pay Tony Pollard this offseason. I assume they will because you want what you're going to go full season with Zeke when you barely want to give him the ball. That's tough season. though. How many are you going to pay two running backs? I mean, you got you got to give Dak whatever he needs now. I mean, the decisions – this game was bad for him. He didn't play good at all. And also, I really started disliking Dak. I used to defend him when you would talk crap about him. But after – when Brett Maher was missing the kicks, he's like, they go for Evan too. Like, bro, are you kidding me? You've been asked for so long. Like, who are you yelling at? Nah, he, bro, that's the thing with the Cowboys, right? The that's the thing with the Cowboys. You know, they have that great game against the Bucs, and then they nosedive. And, and I'm sure if they played next week, they would have had a great game. Yeah, but, but there I don't just think, is no I don't think they, their Super Bowl window was very tough with the trajectory of the Eagles, the way the, the 49ers are. I mean, the defense is going to be there because they got their guys locked up there, kind of. I mean, they got a very solid defense. I just don't know how much they can really add to that offense. Who wants to play you there? You know what I found so funny, too, though, that after the game you hear on some networks and some people – they got to get Dak another weapon. You you realize you traded Amari Cooper, right? Yeah, like you like, had another like weapon. You had another weapon. You had Amari and CD. And you were like, you know what? Nah, CD is just going to take over, do whatever. And, yeah, did CD have a great year? Absolutely. What team is great that only has one weapon? Not too many. Not too many teams. Can you name uh, – just – Josh, think of the teams we have remaining. It's the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is a weapon, not only because he's a good quarterback, but on the ground. You have A.J. Brown and Smith, both over 1,000 yards receivers, okay? Let's go over to the to, to the 49ers. Kittle, CMC, Ayuk, Debo. Okay, so by my count, no math major here. That's more than one weapon. Let's go to the Chiefs. You have Mahomes, who's probably the best quarterback in the league and maybe the greatest tight end of all time. So Check I guess technically – Pacheco, what? too. I think Pacheco's a I weapon. I think Pacheco's a weapon, yes. But even if you want to – all right, fine. Even if you want to give the Chiefs, they also have maybe the greatest offensive mind in Andy Reid. So you have – you have Mahomes, who might be the best quarterback. Travis Kelsey, who's by far the best tight end. And then the best offensive mind. So, yeah, they have one weapon, but you have three of the best at, at their position. Okay, fine. And then you go to the Bengals. It's Mixon, Burrow, Chase. They got so many weapons, they might not be able to keep them all. Hayden Hurst has turned into a weapon. Mm -hmm. 
Tyler Boyd's always reliable too. I mean, you're right. It's it's like not you very can't often. have one person anymore. No, this is the NBA. Yeah. It's the NBA where like you can't have one great player on your team anymore. You need at least a, a top five, and then like so a couple like like even with the Bucks, it was like okay, well Giannis is clearly the best player, but yeah, you also had Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday who were both what probably top thirty. Mm-hmm. It's I mean yeah I agree I think it's. You know, for the Super Bowl window, we'll have to see if Dallas throws their hat in the in the D Hop sweepstakes. I think whoever gets him is gonna be a contender, not because of him, but I think contenders are the teams that are going after D Hop because of yeah. how good he is already and the contract is huge. So it's um Super Bowl wise, no. I think with just the talent level across the the NFC right now, I I just can't see a Super Bowl. In five years, ten years, maybe you might get there. Who knows? Listen, you don't let me look into this camera right now. Right now. I don't think the Cowboys in the next ten years, I'll give them ten years, will win a Super Bowl. And let me tell you why. First of all, you're gonna have Dak because I don't think that, that Jerry Jones or that coaching staff will ever get rid of him. So even when his contract is up, I think they'll give him a new one. I don't think he can win with Dak, first of all. Second of all, Mike McCarthy is safe in all this. I don't think he's a Super Bowl-winning head coach. Now, did he win a Super Bowl, you're going to say? Well, yes, he did. Also had Aaron Rodgers at the peak of his powers with a pretty good Packer team. With weapons, yeah, with weapons. Okay, exactly, with a pretty good team. And, you know, if you watched uh, the Cowboys' um, hard knocks, not the biggest rah-rah guy in the room. His speeches made you go to sleep. Then – you're still trying to build a team kind of around the running back situation, which is why, you know, you're going to have to pay um, Tony Powell so much money while you're already paying Zeke money. You need another weapon. And when they did have another weapon, they traded the other one away. You're de- what, what's, what's built them for so long? The offensive line. Guess what? You already got Frederick gone because uh, the reasons he had to retire. Next up is going to be um, – Tyron Smith, because he's already been going through a lot of injuries recently. So how much longer does he have? Then you have Zach Martin, who's another year older. So not only are you going to have to get weapons around Dak, now you're going to have to rebuild the offensive line again. Then by the time you do that, because obviously that takes a little bit of time. How old is Micah? You know, how long is 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 the window for Diggs to be this lockdown great corner? You know, um, Leighton Van Der Esch seems to miss time every single season. Demarcus Lawrence going to be tired of losing playoffs. I, I listen. I think their best year to win a Super Bowl was this year, and I know the Eagles and the 49ers are obviously very, very good. So you're like, how could this be their best year? That they were in the top three teams in the NFC, probably. Like yeah. the teams remaining, got to think were the Eagles, 49ers, Cowboys, and Giants. Yeah, they were easily better than the Giants. And if they beat the – they had already beaten the Eagles once now, granted, it was with Gardner Minshew and not Jalen Hurts, I understand. They almost lost that game too. Ex- exactly. I think I think the Cowboys Super Bowl window was opened for about – I think their best chance were their first few years of, of Dak and Zeke. And I would have said it was even extended to this season because of how poor the NFC was. I don't give them a shot. What what what's what's giving you the confidence as a Cowboy fan or as a fan of football that just for you to say that they would win a Super Bowl? Dak doesn't show up, and when he does, it's in the second half of a game of a game they're already losing, probably because he's played poorly in the first half. Yeah, 
Yeah, I don't I, think they got it. I think it's I think it's over. I think it's I agree. Over. I agree. So okay. You know? Um that's did I did we miss did I miss anything? Did no, we, we talk, talk about the game? We talked the game. Did we talk Bill's Bagels? No, we haven't. That's what I thought. Okay. I I, I meant to go in chronological order, but then we got into the 49er, you know, cowboy game. Um, so let's go to the Bills and the Bengals then, obviously. Um, and in this one, listen, the Bills take an L in a, in a divisional round. Uh, they were favorites going into the game. You had the whole DeMar Hamlin situation, which, by the way, Josh, did you know that DeMar Hamlin's a clone now? I hate that shit, bro. That's so stupid. Why hasn't? Why haven't we seen his face yet? He he he's he's not even a real. Twitter needs help. Like last night, my Twitter and TikTok were filled with people like, he's throwing up the Illuminati in six six. That's just like, so stupid. Like just watch a video of his teammates talking about him and interacting with them. Like oh well, Josh, you're a sheep because like they yeah, can obviously be faking. Believe they're believing whatever I see out there. There's literally a video of him in the locker room, isn't there? And, and I think so. And even when Von Miller, he's always on yeah. that be sure. He was on there and he was like he was like, we had to sneak him in the locker room. He's a superstar out here. Everybody wants to see him. It's, I, it's so stupid. I hate that. I just had to throw that out there that people are absolutely insane these days. Um, but anyway, yeah, listen, this was pure domination by the Bengals. And I mean, I guess we kind of should have seen this coming because sure, obviously Against Buffalo? Well, listen, Josh, in that first game that obviously got stopped because of everything that happened, you remember that first drive? Bengals went down and scored like it was absolutely nothing. And that's all they did in this game, too. I mean, listen, we keep trying to do – well, I mean, not we, maybe I. Then again, I think a lot of people. We do the whole, you know, is it you know Josh Allen and and Mahomes are the best, right, right, right? It might just be time for, say, Mahomes and, and Burrow. Burrow's a dog. Listen, can he do the things that Josh Allen Mahomes do? Probably not. Apparently, did you see that warm-up throw? Jesus, he's oh, the greatest yeah, player I've right. ever seen I'm, in my I'm, entire life. Mahomes-esque, honestly. <laughs> really, I mean. <laughs> if he if he pulls that out in the game, you're oh. going to have to clean off the mics. Yeah. <laughs> um, But what was I going to say? Damn, what was I going to say? Um, oh, that, that's what it was. Now, can he run around? Like Josh Allen and run people over and have that absolute cannon of an arm like him and Mahomes do? Probably not. Does he make the, you know, no look and side arm and jump passes that Patrick Mahomes makes? No, not really. You know who else didn't? And I'm not comparing them. Tom Brady. How many times did people, oh, oh, well, Aaron Rodgers can do this and do this and this player is great and this player is great. Tom Brady's the one with seven Super Bowls considered to go. The man is a statue in the pocket. He can't run. I think I can outrun him. And I'm fat. And on athletic. Like I'm like five, six or something. Yeah. I mean, it, so sometimes all those intangible, all, all those like extra things are really cool and fun to watch. And Mahomes is great. Best quarterback in the league. But Burrow's making a case that, listen, he's beat Mahomes three times in a row. Yeah. Right now, Josh, big game to win your life. Let's take the old people out. No, no Rogers, no Brady. You know all that. Give me, give me a top three that you would take to play quarterback for you. 
Like right now? Right now. Yeah, I'm going Mahomes one. Okay. Um, game of my life. Probably Burrow and then Lamar. I think I'd put three. I would go. I would go Mahomes, Burrow, Allen. I mean, he's and and look at all he has. Well, look at all the weapons he has. Okay. Did we? Did we? Doing his rookie year too before that injury, he was dog in his rookie year. <laughs> and three offensive linemen around this game. Did you realize that? And they, the old line actually played really well. Played really well. Gosh, the old line for the Bengals played better than the old line for the Bills. Yeah, yeah. The Bills' offensive line looked like garbage. Yeah, Allen had. No Allen was under pressure the entire game. Didn't have time to get things downfield. This, you know, first of all, snow and football mixes together so well. God, it's I so fun it. to watch. Love it. Which, which is why, if the Bills won, having that game in Atlanta made no sense to me, because it's an yeah. indoor stadium and the Chiefs and Bills are outside teams. Why would you put the game inside? But anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just pure domination. From the Bengals. I mean, they did basically anything they wanted. They could, I mean, it seemed like everybody had 10 yards of separation. Every time Mixon touched the ball, it felt like they were gaining five yards a clip. Josh Allen couldn't really do anything. They can't run the ball. We all we all know that. Uh, and then you hear the reports of how Dig Diggs was out of the locker room immediately after the game. So he's obviously, you know, a little bit annoyed. You, you know, you I don't think that's anything to really look at. Your your emotions are high after a game. You were the favorite the entire season to win the Super Bowl, and obviously you don't. So emotions are going to be pretty high. It's a disappointing end for the third season in a row. But I mean, the the Bengals are on to something, let me tell you. And they they're about to back up the Brinks truck to Joe Burrow because you want to talk about changing the the fate of a franchise. I mean, before this, their their greatest accomplishment was making the playoffs with Andy Dalton and then losing in the first round all the time. Now it's like, oh, that's why I love the answer. They, Joe, how long do you think the Super Bowl window is here? My entire career. That's what he said, my entire career. And you're a guy was right. What else can you say? No, I, I really mean, hope Joe Burrow, because they can't pay all those guys. I mean, <laughs> I know the salary cap doesn't really exist. It's fake. But, you, I mean, T. Higgins got to get paid. Jamar's got to get paid. And Joe Burrow might become one of the most – probably the highest paid quarterback of all time, especially if they win this Super Bowl. You think he there, gives him a little discount to try and keep his guys? That's what I was going to say. I hope he does because of how much he just loves. And he's going to make billions off the field. Like he's, Exactly. Like all the nicknames he has and all that. He's going to be okay money-wise the rest of his life. I really hope he does take like, hey, I want T. Higgins and Jamar here. And if we draft another one, I want to pay him too. Like I hope he does take that that type of a pay cutter to where he can always like talk about the contract like – if you need some more money somewhere else, you can restructure it. Like I, I think he will do something like that. I don't think he's gonna, you know, hold out so he gets the bag he wants. No, he doesn't seem like that type of player. No, nah, he's he's a gamer. He just wants to win, and he's very confident out there. I mean, this game was just very, very like you said, it was complete domination by the Bengals. They got whatever they wanted. Joe Mixon looked like just the best running back on the planet. It oh. was he was running through everyone. I mean, and they were carrying people too. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I mean they the Bruins looked like they would have somebody tackled, and then six yards later, you're like, how was they still standing? Eli Apple played a hell of a game, too. He played – I mean, as much as people clown him and don't like him, he played a hell of a game there. He did not fall for a single double move the whole game. He was he was playing really well. Uh, and that offensive line, like I said earlier, with the injuries, 
And usually that's the biggest problem that we've always said about the Bengals. They played amazing this game. Ed Oliver wasn't getting anywhere close to no. Joe Burrow. Everything, everything changed with Von Miller. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they were one of the best pressure teams in the NFL and just based off stats. And then Von Miller got hurt and they dropped to like the middle of the pack. So obviously a lot of things changed with him because he's a handful and it gets other people available, you know, to get pressure on the ball. But I mean, that was, that was, they they played that was that might have been the best Bengals team I've seen. Like that was better. I think that was almost better than the team that beat the Chiefs in the championship game last year. I think that was better. I that might have been the best Bengal game I've seen with Joe Burrow as quarterback. I mean they not even just the offense because that's the thing too. We don't ever give credit to their defense because it's not like oh they don't have you know Aaron Donald or or they don't have you know you know, Jalen Ramsey or, or, you know, a sauce Gardner type of person over there. But what they do have is a big collection of people who are very good at what they do. Mm-hmm. If all the guys know their job and do it as, as well as they do, the whole defense in itself is a star. Like it's not, not an individual guy has to take over and they do have individual guys luckily on the team too, that do make big plays all the time. Sam Hubbard yeah. got them to here basically. Uh, so it's it's a collective effort, definitely defensively, and that offense is just too tough to handle for the Bills. I mean, hey, I agree. I don't. I'm not looking too much into that Diggs thing. He's very emotional player out there. He expects to win all these games, and he didn't have a good game. You know, Josh Allen and him just couldn't find each other out there. So it was. Uh, you can understand the frustration and not wanting to. You know, just want to get out of there. You can understand that from. From an athlete standpoint, when you're passionate about something and it doesn't go your way, you're not going to exactly respond professionally all the time. But, yeah. you know, people buried Cam for it, too. You know, you lose a big game like that. It doesn't – you don't always react well. Not everybody takes it with a, with a grain of salt. But, yeah, I think the Bills, I think they'll be all right. I think they will. You know, we'll see. Von Miller, they gave him a bag, right? It was like three years. He was – he. I mean, he said on Pat a couple of weeks ago that he was going to retire at the end of the year, but then he got hurt, so he's going to come back. Yeah, so, I mean, they'll get him back. People are definitely going to want to play in Buffalo still. I mean, it's it's, a, it's still a very amazing team, uh, and they got a lot of stuff going well for them. So, I mean, this game was just the Bengals. When the Bengals turn it on, when the playoffs go, when the lights are the, the brightest. And to be fair, I mean, we talk about the injuries to the O-line. I mean, the, the Bills had injuries too. I mean, Micah Hyde didn't play the entire mm-hmm. season. Yeah. Poyer got hurt in that game. White got hurt in that game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I hate excuses too, but you know, Josh Allen said that like he's been nursing the the injury to his arm ever since it happened. And I mean, if you look at Deepak, um, you know, our resident doctor posted something about it. I think his QBR like pre-injury was something like 75 and it dropped down to like 62 after the injury. So maybe that was bothering him the entire season. Like he, you just don't want to come out and say it during the year, obviously. And, you know, I also, like I said, I also do hate that because it's like, oh, well, I, it's like when somebody has a bad game and then all of a sudden after the game, it's like, well, yeah, because I've turned my ankle or something. But <laughs> I mean, when you are a quarterback and your job is to throw the ball and <laughs> your elbow got messed up. I mean, I guess I can't really sit there and be like, oh, I don't believe you because who am I? But, you know, Listen, we're gonna have some help. We're gonna have some great games. I this listen. Do I want Bills and Chiefs? Yeah, because I I just like to be right about Josh Allen and him being good. But I think I validated that anyway because he's obviously. You know what? Right. What's really annoying me though is the Cam Newton Josh Allen stuff going on online a little bit. Oh, I haven't That's, seen it. It's it's just because people were saying. Well, I've said it. Like 
Josh Allen is a more accurate Cam Newton. Like that's how big he is athletic wise and in his arm power. He's just more accurate. And people, mainly Panthers fans, that's why I'm saying I saw it a lot. We're like, don't ever compare the two. I'm like, all right, guys. Like by the end of Josh <laughs> Allen's career, his records and accolades are gonna be beyond Cam. So I don't wanna we don't have to do this. We could we cannot talk about Cam. It's really okay. We don't have to bring him up every time. The best thing that happens to your franchise. Well. You got to protect him like fine wine. I mean, every time a quarterback doesn't play well, they're like, this guy's, they said it was better than Cam. I'm like, no, they didn't. You made that up. You said Nobody that. said that. You said that. Yeah, it's so annoying. I hate it. But I think, I think the injury obviously might have affected him a little bit. But didn't. He hasn't played well the past couple of weeks. I mean, he hasn't looked like Josh Allen that we saw, you know, towards the end of last year, even the end of the last game last year and most of this season. He just, Hasn't really looked like that. Could be the injury. That's what it most likely is. But, you know, they got to get that figured out. Yeah, they absolutely do. Um, all right. So those are the recaps of the games, the recaps of the UFC. And, we'll, listen, we'll not end the show, but we got to make our predictions for this week. Um, obviously, 49ers and the Eagles. Then we have the Chiefs and the Bengals. Starting off on the NFC side of things. <clears throat> I've said it all year, so I'm going to stick with it. I think the Eagles are the team that can beat the Eagles. I don't think that it's because the Brock Purdy thing is just all of a sudden going to end and the 49ers are going to play bad. I think Jalen Hurts is just going to make one more play than Brock Purdy does. You know, maybe maybe it's a scramble to end the game. Maybe it's a big pass to A.J. Brown because, you know, listen, for all the things that are great with the 49ers, their cornerbacks aren't the best ever. Um, but I can't wait to see this matchup. The 49ers, an unbelievable offensive line um, versus the Eagles, who had the third most sacks in NFL history in a season. It, I mean, it's just – it's can good you on believe the, everywhere. I, I know this is a little off topic, but it's been annoying me ever – can you believe we had Hassan Reddick and Stephon Gilmore we chose to pay Dante Jackson? Can you believe that, bro? It's a bold strategy, some would say. It's bold because now you're gonna have like you're gonna have Hassan Reddick on on Kittle, and mm. and you're gonna have you know you're gonna have um, what's his name? I just Lane Johnson and and Nick Bosa and and Kelsey uh, against this, their their big D lineman. Oh my! Oh, this is gonna be a great game. It's a big man's dream. It's a big man's dream to watch. I, this. And I listen. I'm gonna go with the Eagles. I'm going to go with the Eagles in a very close game. I think this screams 2017 type to me. And uh, I think the Eagles come out on top. I think the 49ers are really going to struggle here. I think they're going to have a very bad game. I, I don't want to say Purdy's going to show who he is. I just think this is going to be the most adversity, the biggest stage. And obviously he's played really well. Win or lose this game, play terrible this game, he's still going to have a shot at starting next year because of how well he's been playing. Uh, but I think he's going to have his first really bad game, unfortunately. I, mean, I hope I'm wrong, but I think it's this defense is just too good. Nothing really works against them. Hasn't all year, really. Uh, so I, I'm going to go with the Eagles, too. I think it's going to be a blowout, though. Ooh. I'm going to go 31 to 10. Wow, really? I do, I do. I really I know this is the game we've all been waiting for, but just watching San Francisco just against Dallas. And Dallas's defense is very good too, but Philly's secondary is better and their pass rushers are just as well as as uh Dallas's. So I think it's gonna be 
much tougher out there for for Brock Purdy than it was even against Dallas, where they struggled to put up points in that game too. Okay, that's a that's big, that's big. Okay, I didn't see that I'm, one coming. Honestly, next up, another rematch of of earlier this year and of last year's AFC Championship game. Bengals are three and zero against the Chiefs. I think they're going to move to four and zero. Listen, Chiefs' offense is great, but with all that being said, the Bengals always find a way to play them very, very tough with the with the way they line up on defense. I don't know what their defensive coordinator does, but he always seems to give them a problem. And the Chiefs obviously are not known for their defense. Now their defense has improved. Uh, Carl Ovitz has played very well. Obviously you got Chris Jones over there. Frank Clark is still there. But there's just so much firepower on, on that Bengal team. And if Joe Mixon can run the ball, I mean, halfway the way he did against the Bills, you're going to have some unbelievable play actions. You're going to have, you know, Chase could have a big game. If he doesn't, Higgins could have a big game. I, I'm I'm going to go with the Bengals again. I think we're I think they're back in the Super Bowl for a second year in a row. Yeah, uh, I agree. I think I would pick the Chiefs if Mahomes did not get injured. Because well, I didn't I, even mention that too. I forgot. Yeah, it's very tough for me to pick against the Chiefs when Mahomes is out there with Kelsey. So if he was healthy, I would pick them. Uh, even though I do feel like if he's healthy, the Bengals would win, but I would never pick against Mahomes just because this Bengals team is as hot as a team can be right now. Like they are firing on all cylinders, not missing a beat. They're just playing so well right now. Uh, and, you know, the Chiefs, they the Jags covered, you know. <laughs> like it's not like the Jags were really out of that until that, you know, that fumbled in the, yeah. the red zone. Like the Jags were in that for a long time. Uh, so I think – this offense is going to eat against the Chiefs' defense. Chris Jones is going to have to stop Joe Mixon in the backfield every run if they want to have a chance to slow down the run. Uh, and I think that offense is is going to struggle with the defense that's playing with a lot of confidence right now. So I'm going to go with, with the Bengals as well. Well, there it is. That's technically our Super Bowl matchup. Obviously, we will know who is in the Super Bowl for real next week. Um, and we'll discuss everything then. But, hey. I think that's a wonderful point to end the show on. Obviously, we love everybody tuning in. Uh, We love everybody listening to the podcast. One more time, make sure you go over to Underdog Fantasy. Use code GENZ. That is G-E-N-Z. Sign up for Underdog Fantasy. They will double your first deposit up to $100. Help us out. Use the promo code Have Some Fun over there on Underdog. Win yourself some money. Me and Josh have been posting our picks. Have I won yet? No. Um, but I felt so confident too. And all the ones I've picked, maybe all I'm going to stop going for times twenties. Maybe I should all just I needed yesterday, times three. All I needed yesterday was Debo. I just needed a good game from Debo. Bro, I thought the Debo one was a lock. I thought it was a lock. I took his fantasy points. Like I didn't want to pick between. I took just his fantasy points. I was like, Debo's got to get there. He's got to be a workhorse. I had McCaffrey touchdown. I had, I had that Purdy one over rushing yards. I had I Kittle fantasy points. I took Kittle's yeah. yards, which was easy. Yeah. I needed I needed um I needed Pollard and Debo, and then Pollard got hurt, and I was like, okay, well, it's I had two now. of them. The other one I had Zika over 5.7 fantasy points. And when when Pollard got in, I was just like, oh, he's gonna hit that. Still didn't hit. He it. didn't hit that. Still did not hit that. 5.7 fantasy points. That's unbelievable. Well, listen. Maybe you'll have better luck over there on Underdog than we will. I hope everybody checks it out. 
You can find me, Anthony Conover underscore, on Twitter, and then you can find my link tree there to figure out everything that I'm doing. And uh, Josh, where can they find you? Yeah, follow me on Twitter, at JoeLynn underscore four. Uh, make sure you subscribe to Doubted Views. Like and yes. subscribe over here. Uh, and make sure you head over to Generational Sports also. Like and subscribe over there. Uh, and tune in Monday, 7 Eastern, for another great show. News Code Gen Z. Yes, sir. We will uh, catch you on the next one. All right, everybody? Until then, y'all have a good one.